Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening I want to start this episode by apologizing for the audio in the first publishing of this episode apparently segment one was not audible and was published that way so sorry for that but I do want to welcome you to episode 15 today we're going to be talking about a important topic and the top the name of the topic is not avoiding divorce in order to avoid divorce now this is a saying that I have used on this podcast before and there are times when that seems to have confused some listeners and and some left behind spouses as to what the meaning behind not avoiding divorce in order to avoid divorce and it's a really simple concept when I say that and In order to explain it, I first need you to separate the um, principles that we espouse on this podcast that we refer to as avoiding divorce podcasts from the actual behavior of avoiding divorce. What I mean by that is, is that the principles that we espouse on this podcast are not necessarily what others would look at and say, oh, that is avoiding divorce. Normal avoiding divorce behaviors are things that come instinctual to you or that seem natural to you. And when I say the phrase, not avoiding divorce to avoid divorce, I mean not engaging in those activities. The principles that we espouse on this podcast are not things that come natural to a left-behind spouse. You've heard me use the terminology that the principles that are espoused on this podcast are counterintuitive. In other other words, they're not intuitive to most left-behind spouses to do in a natural, instinctual way. Let me give you an example. Your spouse comes to you and says they want a divorce. The intuitive, natural, instinctual reaction to that is to get emotional, cry, beg, plead, ask why, and do all of those behaviors that only reinforce to the walkaway spouse that they are actually doing the right thing. The 
principles that we espouse on this podcast would be counterintuitive. They don't feel natural. They aren't instinctual. So in that example, the walkaway spouse comes to the left-behind spouse and says, I want a divorce. The left-behind spouse's reaction is, okay. Now, that seems very counterintuitive. That seems very unnatural. But that's a much better approach than trying to convince the walkaway spouse that what they're asking for isn't really what they want. If you think about it, that's really what a lot of left-behind spouses do from second one, that they hear the words, I want a divorce, or I don't want to be married to you anymore. The second that left-behind spouses hear that, they immediately are now trying to convince the walkaway spouse that that's not what they really want. And when you try to convince somebody that is convinced that what they are saying is what they want, that that's not what they really want, most people get defensive and they start circling the wagons around that concept and say, no, this is what I really want. It goes back to the old principle that we talked about, or I shouldn't say principle, but the old dynamic that we've talked about where we've said that human beings want what they can't have. So when a walkaway spouse comes to a left-behind spouse and says, I want a divorce, and the left-behind spouse immediately tries to talk them out of it, it triggers that instinct in the walkaway spouse that, yes, this is what I want. Why are you telling me that's not, that I can't have it? That's what I want. When the walkaway spouse comes to the left-behind spouse and says, I want a divorce, and the left-behind spouse says, okay, now what you've done is you've put doubt into their mind that that's the right approach. They question it. Why, why are they being so agreeable? I expected them to cry, to beg, to plead, to reason, and all they said was, okay. That's an example of not avoiding a divorce in order to avoid divorce. And if you think about the principles that we espouse here, recapturing that person you used to be, self-improving and trying to become the best version of yourself that you can be and learning to be happy by yourself, you realize that those are not instinctual and natural intuitive responses to a walkaway spouse insisting and verbalizing that they want a divorce. Now, one of the reasons the instinctual, natural, intuitive reaction that comes to you when your walkaway spouse says they want a divorce aren't isn't the right approach and aren't the right behaviors is because your walkaway spouse did not arrive at that decision overnight. It was a long process, usually months and in most cases even years in the making. 
So it doesn't make sense that over months and years, the walkaway spouse has come to the realization that they want a divorce, and it's strong enough of a realization that they're actually willing to verbalize that to their left-behind spouse. It doesn't make sense that overnight, by crying, by begging, by pleading, by reasoning, that you could change their mind. In other words, you can't change overnight what has taken months and years to come about. It's just a logical thing to re realize that you can't fix overnight what took years to break or months to break. And, and a lot of left-behind spouses struggle with that. A lot of left-behind spouses struggle with the idea that there's no quick fix. And so the principles that are espoused on this podcast are trying to get the left-behind spouse to step back from trying to find the quick fix and to really focus on what can potentially change your walkaway spouse's mind. If you become that person they were first attracted to again, if you become the best version of yourself and you are working on yourself to self-improve, and if they see you, that you are a happy, fulfilled, pleased individual, that's when, over time, they might start questioning their plan to move forward with divorce and to leave you and separate from you. Now, one of the things that also comes naturally and instinctually is to try to nice the walkaway spouse back to the marriage. That's another way that left-behind spouses try to change their walkaway spouse's mind is to, to nice them back to the marriage. I'm going to become the Stepford husband or wife. I'm going to become the best spouse that I can be. I'm going to do all the little things that I should have been doing all along. I'm going to start doing them overnight to try to convince them that divorce is really not what they want. And left behind spouses start putting their focus in the wrong place with those behaviors when really they should be focusing on commanding respect and doing things the right way by really getting to the root of any of the of the issues that the walkaway that might be at the basis of why the walkaway spouse wants to leave in the first place for instance in my situation, I was a terrible spouse. I was awful. I was passive-aggressive and critical and um, surly and angry, and I took it out on my, on my wife. Naturally, when she came to me and said she wanted a divorce, yes, I needed to change. But it was not a change that was going to happen overnight. And she certainly wasn't going to trust that it was 
permanent and lasting overnight. And this is something that as a left behind spouse, you have to get and grasp and completely understand is even engaging in the avoiding divorce principles that we've already talked about in this episode is not a quick fix. You're not going to go out and recapture the person you used to be. You're not going to self-improve and you're not going to learn how to be happy by yourself overnight. And even if you could, there's no way that you could convince your walkaway spouse that this changed person is the person that you're going to be from this day forward. That's why it's imperative that you step back, stop looking for the quick fix, and realize that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Trying to do things that come naturally, instinctually, intuitively, are not going to be in your best interest. You have to change the dynamic of how you approach your walkaway spouse, and it has to start with you and with the principles that we espouse on this program. The number one thing that you can do is to give them the time and space that they are asking for, to remove the focus off of them and put it onto yourself, but the emphasis is on that time. Time has to go by. Now I often get left behind spouses that will ask me, well, how much time should it take using avoiding divorce principles to turn my situation around? And I don't think that's the right question to ask. I think the right question to ask is, once I get good at putting into practice the, the avoiding divorce principles, how much time should I give my walkaway spouse to recommit back to the marriage? That's really a better question. Because when, when people ask, how long does it take to turn my situation around? You see that they've already got an expectation that their situation will turn around. There's no guarantee of that. Even if from second one, you respond with okay, and then you start, you start putting into practice the principles that we espouse on this program, it could take years before your walkaway spouse fully trust that the person that you are becoming is the person that you're always going to be. And so focus off of them, give them time and space, realize that limbo is the gift of time for you to go work on becoming the best version of yourself that you can be by embracing the avoiding divorce principles that we espouse on this program and stop looking for the quick overnight fix because it doesn't exist. There are no guarantees, but you give yourself a much better chance of saving your marriage by not trying to save your marriage. And therefore, when we say avoiding divorce by not avoiding divorce, that's what we mean, is that you're going to play the long game and give up on the short game because there is no such thing. We're going to take a quick break now. I thank you for listening.
Welcome to segment two of episode 15 of the Avoiding Divorce podcast. I'm your host, Steve. In this segment, we're going to be talking about a topic that occasionally comes up from time to time. And it is related to the left behind spouse. And if it's ever okay for the left behind spouse to decide that they have given their walkaway spouse enough time and that they are ready to move forward with the divorce themselves. And we've talked a little bit about this on this podcast in the past. I think that there are certainly certain things that might occur in in certain people's situations that justify uh, walking away from a marriage themselves. I'm a big believer in having deal breakers and sticking to those deal breakers because so often we as left behind spouses, when we get into a situation where our marriage looks like it's coming to an end, we panic and try to do everything that we can to save that marriage. And sometimes in certain situations, you shouldn't be trying to save the marriage. For instance, If you're in a situation where a walkaway spouse is abusive, especially physically, then I would advocate not trying to save that marriage. If your spouse um, has a, a problem with substances and you've given them plenty of time to try to correct that in their life, Uh, but it's causing them to behave in ways that are dangerous to you or your children, I think there comes a point where you have to decide whether or not that situation is worth trying to save the marriage or not. I'm not telling you one way or the other. I think the first one is is definitely clear-cut. Unless a spouse is willing to get intensive help for being abusive, I don't think that's a tenable situation. And I believe the same thing about substance abuse. If a spouse is unrepentant and unwilling to try to change and work on that substance abuse problem, that addiction, then I would say at some point the left behind spouse has to really question and ask themselves what they're trying to save. And of course, the big one that we often get is, is it okay to want to divorce my walkaway spouse if I find out that they're cheating or they've left me for somebody else? And I always like to make sure and ask people, was monogamy a absolute must-have when you went into your marriage? Were you somebody who had always said that you would not abide a spouse cheating on you, that you would that you would um, divorce them, leave them and divorce them if you ever found out they, they cheated on you? Then you may want to really consider in the situation where a spouse has been unfaithful whether or not you want to continue to save the marriage. 
Now certainly an unrepentant cheating spouse to me is back to that untenable situation. A spouse that just completely refuses to admit that what they did was wrong, that there's anything that they need to be apologetic or sorry for, that they um, may even in the future consider seeing their affair partner or affair partners again, then I really think you have to question what you're trying to save. So anytime a spouse is engaged in behaviors that are dangerous are, uh, and not um, what a spouse should be engaging in and they're unwilling to change, the question I always ask is, what are you trying to save? And, and the next question most people have is, well, how much time should I give to a spouse that is behaving in one of these manners? Well, it depends on the situation. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer for that question. If cheating is not an absolute deal-breaker for you, and you're willing to wait out the affair, because most, most affairs do fizzle. There are exceptions, but the vast majority of affairs, because they are conceived in deception and deceit, typically will not last forever. Some of them can go on for quite a while. And so you have to ask yourself how patient do you want to be with a cheating spouse? One of the reasons that I advocate certain situations, making sure that it's something that you really want to try to save, is because I'm a firm believer that we teach people how to treat us. And so let me give you an example where a husband is a philanderer, he goes out, he's a serial cheater, he's unrepentant, each time the affair fizzles and he comes back to his wife and the wife accepts him back with open arms, no questions asked. And they just go on with their life after each one of these affairs as if the affair never happened. What this wife has done is she's taught her husband that it's okay for him to go out, cheat on her, and that the door will always be open for him to return. And I think most of us would say that that's not something that they would want to have happen in their life, that they would not want a spouse that was a serial cheater that always just came back and that there was never any consequences, there was never any work done, there was never any um, remorse or or regret for, for what that spouse has done. And it just sets this couple up for the next time the husband decides to step out of the marriage. So this is why I advocate that left behind spouses don't have a 
completely unfettered reconciliation plan where the, where the spouse, the walkaway spouse, if they decide to come back to the marriage, have absolutely no requirements for marching right back into that marriage. And I know a lot of you that are in this situation are listening and going, well, if I put up obstacles, then it's less likely that they'll want to come back. One of the things that I think will, will ease your mind is if a walkaway spouse really wants to return back to the marriage, you will know. They will make it clear and unmistakable that they are ready to reconcile. Whether you've been in an in-home separation, whether you've been in physical separation, when a walkaway spouse has decided that they want to reconcile with their left-behind spouse, it will be unequivocal. You won't have to question whether or not they want to or not. And because of that, the requirements are a bit of a test to see how willing they are to do the work necessary to, to reconcile the marriage. And so I am a big proponent of making sure you have requirements. We've talked about this on this podcast before. I see for both you and them, I see meaning independent counseling, marriage counseling for your both when the, for you both when the time is right, and then working through whatever problems it was that, that there were that caused the marriage to break down to begin with. Now, I've seen a lot of couples that have had marital strife, whether one spouse stepped out of the marriage, whether one spouse decided they didn't want to be married anymore and, and left, whatever the situation might be. And one thing that's almost universal is that if that couple reconciles without working on the problems that were in their marriage to begin with, all they're doing is setting themselves up for a future divorce bomb day where one of them goes to the other and says that they no longer want to be married. I can vouch for this because this is exactly what happened in my own marriage where we hit a rough patch um, years and years ago and we both decided right away that we didn't want to get a divorce but we never really worked on the problems that were systemic in our marriage and all we did was delay the inevitable until 12 years later the same issues raised their head again and my wife wanted to walk away from the marriage for a second time second time we did things right we we put in the work we put in the effort we dealt with the problems we went to individual counseling and marriage counseling and we worked through the problems and got to a point where now we're set up for long-term success because we dealt with those problems and while it's an ongoing effort, as all marriages are, 
I highly recommend that you have requirements for a spouse to come back to the marriage. So in short, the answer to the question, is it okay to want a divorce if your spouse is unwilling to put in the work, if they're unrepentant for the, the problems that they have caused in the marriage, then I say absolutely. That's up to the left behind spouse to eventually pull up stakes and move forward with their life rather than continue to wait into perpetuity for a walkaway spouse to change their mind and come back. There's nothing wrong with having a date set into the future where if your walkaway spouse is not fully committed back to that marriage by that date, that you will move forward with divorce yourself. I've advocated that before on this podcast, and I believe it's an important step for left behind spouses to take to decide how patient they can be in waiting for a walkaway spouse to make up their mind about whether to stay or go, about whether to divorce or not divorce. So think about that in your own situation. Think about how much time you want to give your walkaway spouse. Think about whether they're remorseful and repentant for anything that, that they may have done that has prompted them to leave the marriage. And certainly make sure that certain toxic behaviors are not tolerated and are dealt with before any reconciliation takes place. So that's our episode for today. Hopefully you found these two topics useful in your situation. Once again, feel free to email us with comments, questions. Um, if you have topics that you think would be good for future episodes of this podcast, feel free to forward those to avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, do whatever you can to avoid divorce. Thank you.